think it's a good work. Or, uh, one thing I like to say is that if I was young enough and had my own uh, own business and he was came available to work, I would actually hire him. Welcome back, and thank you for joining me again this week for another episode of The Devil Came Knocking. The clip you just heard was from an interview I had with Terry Smith, who is an instructor for the computer repair program inside South Central Prison. He spoke highly of Dean on both a personal and professional level and said Dean was never disciplined by him in 12 years working in the program. In today's episode, I have interviews with two inmates from South Central who have repeatedly reached out to speak about Dean, and we will also discuss what several staff members inside the prison have told me off the record for fear of losing their jobs. Let's jump right into the first interview now. The first interview I have for you today is with Jamie Rouse. Some of you may recognize that name. On November the 15th, 1995 in Linville, Tennessee, Jamie then 17 at the time entered Richland High School, armed with a 22 caliber rifle and killed a teacher and a student. He also seriously wounded another teacher. Jamie would enter Richland High School that day through the north entrance Once inside, he would shoot Carolyn Yancey and Carolyn Foster in the head. Foster would be killed in the attack while Yancey would survive. After shooting those two teachers, Jamie would shoot at Ron Shirley, the football coach of the school. However, he missed and shot another student, Diane Collins, fatally wounding her. This happened in front of about 50 students one of which tackled Jamie and along with the help of a teacher was able to disarm him. Jamie and Dean met in prison and like so many others, Jamie's life was greatly impacted by Dean. Jamie is much different now and according to several staff members, he is a model inmate and has continued the work Dean started at South Central before he left. Here's my interview with Jamie now. Back 
they wanted to put on a benefit concert to, to raise money for Officer Newell. And, and uh, so we got guys together and learned some songs. And, uh, and the guys who had artistic abilities, we got them to, to make some works of art. We you know, put a big auction on and uh, and raised money, you know, for Officer Newell and also, you know, the staff members had lost, you know, some of their property in a, a flooding. And uh, so he's teaching these guys how to give back, you know, and you know, I mean, he's inspiring in all he, you know, all he does. And, you know, I've, I've never met anyone that's musically talented or artistically talented. And, uh, but so I guess, I don't know, just being part of his life, you know, I know he, he's always been part of something bigger, you know. Of course, our love for God and opened up doors and, um, and, he, and he, he taught a sense of community here. You know, when come to prison, uh, of course, it's, you have the convict versus the police, you know, mentality, but, uh, he never embraced that, and uh, he taught others not to embrace that. And so that when a staff member was hurt, you know, we take an opportunity to do some good. And uh, and, uh, and that, plus when the uh, the Waverly people in Tennessee, you know, lost their homes to flooding, um, this, our mental health pod had gotten such a you know good reputation for doing good that you know the, the warden reached out to us and. Because you know, all they had to do was deem his inspiration for these guys to inspire them to be part of a community and and have compassion on others, and uh, so he he helped foster these this inspiration for guys to give back. And here are a bunch of criminals, you know, the worst that society has to offer. We're trying to help people out there in the free world, and it's, and it, so yeah, he just. Okay, you know, so yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jamie, uh, can you tell me uh, what kind of impact did he make on the other guys in the prison? Have you seen a positive impact, a negative impact, or? Oh, uh, matter of fact, uh, anytime these guys had a type of crisis, whether it's a, a personal issue, you know, feelings of depression, or you know, they would always go to him, and it didn't matter what he was doing. He would uh, he would stop what he's doing and take time to, to listen to him and give him words of advice and and just to be with him. You know, uh, sometimes people just need a, a listening ear, and he was always that listening ear. And it didn't matter what you were in prison for. You know, I, I know in prison, you know, sex offenders are really looked down upon. Um, but he never looked at as sex offenders. He just see them as fellow human beings, and uh, he would do whatever he, you know it, it took to, to help anybody. Uh, like I said, didn't matter what you're prison for, uh, but he would take time to, like I said, just and to just to be with you and treat you like a human, and uh, like I said, inspire guys to to want to give back to society, and inspire guys to treat others, you know, as well, that's amazing. The work that Dean's been able to accomplish behind bars and the work that you've been able to accomplish also just is outstanding. It's amazing to me.
story. You know, he's we, we let God work through us to do, you know, his amazing work and and Dean's been a you know, wonderful servant of God and just to, to allow, you know, God's light to shine through him. My next interview is with Michael Ingram, a career criminal who ended up being cellmates with Dean. Michael makes a claim about the recidivism rate of Dean's program, and while it's not quite zero, it is very low, and this was confirmed by staff in the prison. You'll hear Michael describe how Dean and the program affected him personally. The effect that Dean has had on these men is unbelievable, it makes you wonder about the way we administer so-called justice in this country. Okay, everybody on the phone today, I have Michael Ingram. Michael spent uh, many years as a cellmate of Dean Mullins and has called and agreed to talk to us today. Uh, Michael, how long were you and Dean um, cellmates for? Uh, Mr. we have probably been selling together for probably close to about 14 years now oh wow that's uh, it yeah and, and from all that i mean dean has really been a great person and we have done a whole lot as as you know people growing up um why don't you talk to us a little bit about the work that dean has done behind bars uh okay well one of the things that uh, i'd kind of like to start with um Dean started a music program here for this uh, mental health program here at South Central, and it has really been a good uh, program so far from 2015 all the way up to uh, this present date. Um, we have had 158 people that have come through our program. We've had 53 that have went home, and we, to this day, still have zero recidivism rate. Wow, so that's it's, amazing. It's been a really good program. I said, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's been a really good program, and it, it helps people a lot to be able to con you know, connect with their feelings and break anxieties and things like that. Um, awesome. That, um, that recidivism rate is amazing. I've never heard of any kind of program with a zero recidivism rate. Well, now, at the same time, we're, we just started in 2015, so, you know, we... We've got a little bit of time, but not a lot. Well, I mean, six and, years, and six, seven years is a pretty good sample size. Yes, sir, and the program is still going to this day. Okay, and um, can you talk a little bit more about um, other individuals that um, Dean has helped with this program? Uh, yes, sir, he has helped a lot of different uh, people. Uh, they, they used to pull Dean out of the cell at nighttime when someone would really get, you know, upset or kind of uh, just bothered or something. And this man would get plumb out of bed, not, not argue or gripe about it or anything whatsoever. And he would spend hours, say like two or three in the morning, and he would just sit at tables, you know, talking with people, just trying to get them through the night. So he's, he's done a lot of good. Um, um, back in... Back in 2018, also we we, uh, we started a garden, and Dean was over the garden, and we basically have a, a little greenhouse and things like that. He has helped uh, to get mental health people out there, and just being able to break dirt, plant something.
something, see something grow to nurture it and, and, you know, prosper from all of the fruit and everything and stuff that you may get from it. This has helped so many people. It's been so great. Can you talk to us a little bit about how Dean affected your life personally? Well, when I first came in a long time ago, I was a very disturbed person, uh, very angry, um, just really had a lot of anger towards everything and everybody. But Dean has basically taken a lot of that out of me, and he has really changed me as far as you know, being able to talk with each other, work through things together. Um, I also came in the system an un- uneducated man. Um, up here in, in my particular pod, we don't really get uh, education offered to us. Uh, but he ended up uh, working with me through a place called Stratford, and um, I ended up getting my diploma. We have another guy in here right now also that is presently still working on his diploma, but Dean has been helping him before he ended up leaving. So I mean, he's, he's done so much good. I, I could go on and on and on. Um, a while back, Dean also created this thing called Humanity Rocks. Uh, now... The Humanity Rocks is going on all, all across the U.S., but our, our particular brand is Humanity Rocks TN with a little music symbol on it. And we've had a lot of coverage on Facebook about this particular thing. Um, and he has taught a lot of the guys, you know, to paint, paint just all different kind of symbols, trees, smiley faces, animals, you name it. And then the rocks would be taken around the community and placed around stores and stuff like that to make people smile, make them happy. Uh, we've even had uh, one of our suicide people that was on the street posted a note that they were feeling really bad until they found one of one of the rocks, which actually happened to be a rock that Dean taught somebody how to paint. So that was really good. Anything else? Um. Do you have anything else that you would like to add about Dean uh, or just want people to know? Well, I've got a whole bunch, but still, uh, I will lay one of our in, in particulars down. We, we had one guy in here that was uh, really uh, depressed, felt bad, uh, had was actually a cutter. Um, Dean found out that he was a drummer. And so... Dean figured, you know, in order to get this gentleman out of his cell and to, to get him to start being motivated and more active, so Dean ended up spending $700 out of his pocket. Um, this, this was him, uh, workings of him and his mother, but Dean spent money on his own drum system, had it donated, just to get this man out of the cell. And to this day, all this time later, he has been remarkable. He is a wonderful drummer. And he plays in like four different groups, you know, for the drummer for all these groups. Wow. Again, that, that much money out of this man's pocket just to try to make someone else feel better. Yeah, and $700 in jail is not like $700 on the streets. Um, what, is the, what is the hourly wage in prisons now in Tennessee? Well, it just kind of depends. It ranges anywhere from 17 cents an hour up to 50 50 cents an hour but it depends on how much time you've been locked up the longer you've been locked up the higher your wages you know as long as you stay out of trouble right okay well um 
I thank you for your time today, Michael, and I really appreciate you calling to talk to us about Dean. I love it. I appreciate you giving me the chance. That concludes this week's episode of The Devil Came Knocking. Dean has managed to have a positive impact on the world in a place society has all but forgot about. South Central is so understaffed its inmate to staff ratio is sometimes 250 to 1. Even on a normal day it's over 100 to 1. Which helps you better understand the violence that occurs inside and why the prisons are constantly in the news for assaults. Some days they lack the proper staffing to even feed inmates. I find myself often thinking the reality of what we are of society and what we find ourselves comfortable with.